Hi, my name's Matt, and this is a podcast about life after the coronavirus vaccine. Welcome to episode 66. Last week, Queen Elizabeth II died. I, like so many British people, grew up knowing her as our only queen. I have lived, we have lived as children of the second Elizabethan age, the age which has now come to an end after 70 years. She was the world's longest-serving head of state, Britain's longest-serving monarch. She was, for so many reasons, one of a kind. And so that is why, whilst I feel hesitant in adding to what feels like the only thing the media wants to talk about, I also felt I couldn't let this moment pass without thinking about and sharing what this moment means to me. In the past few days, we have not been short on tributes to her, her unique life and her contribution to public life in Britain, the Commonwealth and the world. And rightly so, there has been an outpouring of admiration for her, her qualities her service and her sense of duty to the country and the world. In all the tributes, in all the ceremony, in all the memorials, I have found myself fascinated and absorbed by the uniqueness of the Queen, this Queen and her life. As we remember the length of her service. It is astounding to think of the huge moments of history she lived through and the huge societal change which came along with that moving of time and history. She saw so much. She saw things from the front row, the huge moments of history, but also behind closed doors too. As tributes came from world leaders, it is astounding to think of all the people she has met, the private conversations she must have had with the most incredible cast of leaders, celebrities and everyday folk, details of which we will never know, but which she knew and remembered. Her perspective on the history we have lived through, she lived through, she reigned over, was quite literally unique. In the celebration of her sense of duty and service, in the tributes to her character, her quiet determination, her belief in progress and the possibility of change, I am grateful to have lived in the second Elizabethan age. We don't get to choose the time or the place or the circumstances of our birth. It is a thing which is given to us. And whilst there are times when 
I do feel discomfort at the symbolism of the monarchy as an idea. I can and do feel incredibly grateful to have lived in an era where, however imperfectly, I have only ever known a queen who has also symbolised qualities and character in her undertaking of the duties of monarchy, which we can all admire and aspire to. In all the grandeur and the scale of the response, there is a reminder of the immense public scrutiny under which she undertook that duty. There has been, and will be, no shortage of commentary of all kinds about anyone so important to public life. That is the nature of the beast. But that she managed to live so long, to see so much and do it whilst maintaining her commitment to public service makes those things all the more unique and exceptional. The morning after the Queen died, I heard the Archbishop of Canterbury, Justin Welby, describe her death as a shook to our sense of permanence. Something in those words resonated with me so deeply. The Queen felt almost permanent. She had lived and served and ruled for so long. It felt like the Elizabethan age would never end. But it has. And it reminds us that all our times will end. All things will end. And even those that feel so long-lasting, they are permanent. They are not. But it was, I suppose that seeming permanence that made her and makes the monarchy a target of criticism. I have never lived in a time or a place where our head of state changes frequently or regularly, be that through elections in countries with democratic republics or through civil unrest. I only know what it is like to have a monarchy as our head of state a symbol for a system, for structures of power, which we all know are far from perfect and all too often fail too many people they should serve and protect. To have one place, a monarchy where that criticism can be focused, can allow for very good arguments to be made about the ability for people to choose our head of state. But it is curious to me that whilst we have a symbolism of the monarchy, we also have the individual, the human, the person who was the queen and now a king. And it is fascinating to me and a source of great inspiration that Queen Elizabeth II in her individual fulfilment of that symbolic role, chose to embody so many of the positive aspects of it that criticism of the idea of monarchy has never taken any serious hold. Perhaps it is my age. 
perhaps it is this newfound awareness I have of the flattening of life enabled by digital technology and accelerated and exacerbated by the COVID pandemic. But I find myself with a renewed sense of admiration and need for structures and symbols and ceremonies and moments which stand out, which cut through the noise, which provide a sense of grounding and connectedness with what is real, with what is bigger, with what endures. To me, the Queen was some of that. And in her passing, we have a significant period of many aspects of ceremony and circumstance, which are often quite bizarre that also connect us to traditions which have lasted over a thousand years. There are and will be criticism of some of them, rightly so, as there must also be room to grow and change. But there are also moments to find connection with something bigger than ourselves. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you've enjoyed it, you can follow the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or your podcast player of choice. You can find the podcast on social media at Life After Vax, V-A-X on Twitter and Instagram. And if you'd like to reach out for a more meaningful connection, you can drop me an email. Hi at LifeAfterVax.com Until next time.